So I started crying there. <laughs> and it's Steve. <laughs> Did you pinch him, Ryan? Just, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Good to see all of you today. I have the unfortunate um, opportunity of following the preteens this morning. Um, which is pretty impossible to do. Um, I mean, especially when they close out with Kenny like that. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, Kenny's always awesome. He was, he was great. And I love the fact that he said, yeah, you know what? If, if, um, if, if these kids don't want to hang, I'll find some spiritual friends, you know? And so we could probably just end with that right there. You know, that's a great, great lesson for all of us. We'll just go find some spiritual friends. Um, but uh, we are so, so blessed to have camp uh, in the summer. Now to be back together with camp, that's just a fantastic thing. And so thanks for all the parents for sending your kids out to camp. I loved hearing from the teens last week. I loved hearing from the young teen preteens this week. Honestly, these are two of my favorite weeks of the year to be able to hear the sharing that comes after camp. And uh, this year was no different. Uh, the sharing was fantastic. I also want to say, although I don't think he'll hear me because he's over there still with the preteens and the young teens, but hey, Mike Santori, can you hear me, Mike Santori? Mike Santori, Michael. Yeah, give it up for Mike. Mike Mike's the most amazing guy. Um, he, he just keeps loving up on our kids and loving up on our kids. And he's with them uh, during camp. And I actually talked to one of the guys that was conducting the camp, John Rodeo. And he was just uh, bragging so much on Centauri, said Centauri was amazing. And also another person that many of us know from Rockland County, Cedric Hawkins. Uh, he was just talking about how Cedric was the heart of the camp. And so many of us know Cedric and we know that he's that way. And so we're grateful to have, we're grateful that God has blessed us with amazing people, right? An amazing family. Yeah, that's fantastic. God has given us a great, great family. And so many of my heroes in life are right here uh, in this family. So I've learned three things from church already. Okay, number one, if you come to church hungry, you might not want to sit around this table right here because they just keep eating and eating and eating. That bag, there's an endless bottom to that bag. I don't know. I just saw so much food come out of that one bag right there. Somebody up here had a whole full bag of popcorn this big. Uh, so you might not want to sit there or you might want to sit right at the table and just grab like everybody else was doing. Uh, but yeah, that, that was pretty amazing what I saw right there. Um, the other thing, that's one thing I learned. The other thing I learned was... Um, you know, Phil Zayas, as he was going through his, his communion, all these things that have happened to him. I told Ryan Irby, I said, if he says his dog died, I'm, I'm out of here because the building's going to fall next uh, if he says that. It was like listening to a country song, uh, all the bad things that, that happened to Phil. And, and he also said, you know, that he got a call uh, to do communion and it scared him and he had the fear he schedules communion every Sunday. I mean, he's the guy that schedules the, he called himself and scared himself, I guess. I don't know how that works. 
Um, but I was like, hmm, Phil, you scheduled these things. What, what, anyway. Um, and then the third thing was, yes, how awesome our preteen junk teens are. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, but I do want to mention, we will be having a devotional this Wednesday. It's in person. It's going to be at the Nanaya building right up uh, the road here. And it's going to be at 730. And so we'd love for everybody to come out. We're going to have some singing. We're going to have some sharing. We're going to have some scripture reading. It's going to be a great time together. It's a fifth Wednesday. And fifth Wednesdays, we do different things. And so this Wednesday, which is a fifth Wednesday, we're going to have an in-person uh, time together, and uh, just ask everybody to come out at 7.30 and be part of that. It's going to be a great, great time. Okay, now I've got like three minutes left. No, <laughs> I do have a, a, a shorter sermon today because I knew that we'd have a lot of sharing, uh, but I did want to just talk, touch a little bit about a spiritual transformation because that's what we've been focusing on all summer is this idea of spiritual transformation. And you know what? The summer is almost over. I mean, we're heading into Labor Day this coming uh, weekend. This next weekend is Labor Day weekend. And kids go back to school uh, the week after that. And so uh, we're heading towards the end of summer. We still have a few more Sundays out here in the park, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and I hope that you can look back over your summer and you can see ways that you have trans been transformed. You can look at specific ways that you have grown. And um, if not, that's okay, because you still have a chance. I mean, there's always a chance to grow, always a chance to change. Uh, it, it, there's just always opportunities for us to get closer and grow, uh, get closer to Jesus and grow. And so I wanted just to mention a few things, sort of in a way of review, but also maybe a new thought uh, thrown in as well about healthy spiritual growth. Because I, I, most of my life as a teacher, this is what I've been studying. I, I, I study, I teach New Testament, I teach Greek, but also I teach spiritual formation. And I choose to teach spiritual formation because it helps me. And I find that the things that you are the most invested in are the things that you end up teaching the best. And so uh, I've been studying spiritual formation since the early 80s, okay? So basically before the dawn of time, um, I was studying spiritual formation, uh, but I read a book by uh, Richard Foster um, called Celebration of Discipline. When it first came out, just saw it in a bookstore, picked it up, and it changed my life and really changed the trajectory of my life. Because from that point on, I started reading the spiritual classics and spiritual formation and started thinking about ways that we change and ways that we are transformed. And so I wanted to just give a couple of, of I guess, healthy, um, uh, hopeful, helpful hints about how to change and how to grow. Um, there are certain ingredients to growth. I don't know if any of you have had, to try, if you've uh, planted a garden this year, if you've had a garden this year. Lee and I, we planted a, we planted a, a flower garden, uh, and then we planted a vegetable garden. The flower garden flourished and went well. The vegetable garden, oh man, it was it was it was horrible. It was it was tragic. Um, we planted four tomato uh, plants, okay, and I love rind, uh, um, uh, well, tomatoes right off the vine, okay. So I, I that's one of my favorite things in life, and I could just eat them like apples, you know. Just it just uh, they're just so so good, and so we planted four tomato plants. 
we've had four tomatoes, <laughs> four tomatoes off those plants, and two of them the squirrels got. Yeah, and I didn't even know squirrels ate tomatoes, but apparently this summer it's been so dry that they're eating tomatoes. And so it was one tomato for Lee and one tomato for me, and, and that's all we got. And it's basically because uh, we don't get a lot of sunshine. You need certain things in order for a garden to grow. One of them is sunshine. What else? What else do you need for a garden to grow? Water. Good. Water. What else? Some good soil. Right. And what else? Well, yeah, that would be good soil, fertilizer, nutrients in your soil. And you got to talk to your plants. Come on, people. You got to get out there every day. And, and that was my problem. I didn't get out and say, grow, 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 grow. No, but you do need certain ingredients like sunshine and water, some good soil. Um, and we didn't, we just don't have the sunshine there. But the great thing is, is that we have tremendous shade in our backyard, and which I love. I love the shade. I actually like days like today, in which uh, it's, it's a cloudy, shady day today. Um, but uh, so the same thing that it takes to grow a garden, certain ingredients is true of your spiritual life as well. There are certain ingredients that you need to have a healthy spiritual life or to grow in a healthy way. And we talked about two of those over most of the summer. And one of those that we talked about was the heart. You have to have a heart that wants to be transformed and wants to be changed. And we talked about the battleground for spiritual growth is the heart. And we talked about the Holy Spirit. Because the divine agent for spiritual change is God, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And if you're not trying to change with the Holy Spirit, then that's self-help, and that's self-growth, but it's not God-help and God-growth. And so we need the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing, well, not the last thing, but one more ingredient I want to give you, and that is focus on Jesus. If you want to grow in a healthy way, focus on Jesus. And just like a garden needs sunshine and water and good nutrients in the soil, we need a good heart, we need the Holy Spirit, and we need Jesus in our lives. And in John 15, verses 1 through 11, and this is the one verse I'm going to give you today, so you can go back, your assignment for this week, should you choose to accept it, okay? is read John 15, 1 through 11 every day. It's a great verse. If you can read it in different translations, even better. But it says here, and this is Jesus talking. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by my word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's an amazing promise right there in verse 7. I mean, don't skip over that. 
That's an amazing promise. In verse 8, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Another amazing promise there in verse 11. So this verse is full of promises of great things that God will do for us in our lives, including fruit and growth. So this is a verse about growing. It's a verse about producing fruit. And the key to all of it is simple in, in, in the concept, a little more difficult to carry out. But the concept is simple. Abide in Jesus. He's the vine, we're the branches. We connect to him, and we stay connected in him. And if we stay connected in him, then these things that he promises, they will be ours. But the key is stay connected in him. So this other ingredient to spiritual transformation that I want to just give you today, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. We should spend time exegeting this verse here because there's so much here. But we won't do that today. What the, the one concept I want you to, get to, to, to give you today is abide in Jesus. He is the vine. We are the branches. So the question is, how are we doing abiding in Jesus? One way to abide in Jesus is simply to focus on him, to look to him, to think about him. When we look at Jesus, then... We look at our lives, and we look back and forth at Jesus and our lives, and we see where is the gap, okay? This is just practical thinking about how to focus on abiding in Jesus, okay? This is one way to do it. You think about Jesus, you read the Gospels, you look at the life of Jesus, then you look in your own life, at your own life. You look in the mirror, you reflect on your own life, and then you ask, where are the gaps, and then our desire and what we try to do is close the gaps so that we become more and more like Jesus. But we have to focus on Jesus to do that. If we focus on other things, then we'll become like those other things. But if we focus on Jesus, we'll become more like Jesus. Richard Lovelace, who has written this amazing book on, on really spiritual transformation, calls this the sanctification gap. I know that's a big word, right? Sanctification. Another word is saying that maturity, the maturity gap. And it's just a fancy way of saying, you know what? We're not Jesus yet, but we want to get there. And so we look at Jesus, we look at ourselves, and we try to close the gap. So when we look at Jesus, what are we missing in our life? Is it the love of Jesus? Is it the kindness of Jesus? Is it the compassion of Jesus? Is it the strength of character of Jesus? Is it the zeal of Jesus? And how, in what areas are we doing well when we compare ourselves to Jesus? Is it, again, is it loving people? Is it being kind? Is it being compassionate? But the key is focus on Jesus. Look at him. Look in the Gospels. You see, if we compare ourselves to each other, well, that's an easy standard, right? But when we compare ourselves to Jesus, that's a higher standard, and it's an upward call. And so we need to look to Jesus, and we need to see, well, where are the gaps between our lives 
and how Jesus lived, and just look at ways that we can close those gaps. Now, when you think about that, you probably have one of three reactions. When you think about, oh, I need to become more like Jesus, one of three reactions. Number one, it might depress you, and you might think, I've got so far to go. Well, you know what? All of us that are sitting here, we felt that way at one time or another because it is an upward call. It is a huge standard, thinking about trying to become like Jesus. And so if you feel that way, you're in good company. In fact, you're in a pavilion full of good company uh, right here because we've all felt that. But the Holy Spirit will help, and we're there to help. We'll help each other to get there. Now, the second one is you might be indifferent. And if you're indifferent, then that's actually a more dangerous place to be than being depressed about it, because it means that you're probably not going to work on it at all. And so if there's that sense of indifference, then I would encourage you to read the Gospels and to see who Jesus was and to get inspired by him. And then the last one, the last possible reaction is excitement. Maybe that excites you. I know at the beginning of the summer when we talked about spiritual transformation, so many of us were excited about that. Oh, we want this to be the greatest summer ever. Well, how do you feel now? Hopefully that excitement's still there. But what we need to do is we need to still go for the excitement. And we need to encourage each other to be excited. Because the fact is that spiritual growth is gradual. You don't just become like Jesus overnight. It's gradual. Another thing about spiritual growth, it is intentional. You usually don't become, you usually don't grow spiritually by accident. You have to intend on growing spiritually. And, and the last thing I would say about spiritual growth is it takes consistency. We need to be consistent about it. So it's gradual, it's intentional, and it's consistent. So the big ask for this week from all of us is, how are you doing abiding in the vine? How are you doing looking at Jesus and becoming like Jesus? You know, don't focus on the fruit. The fruit will come. The fruit is the product. We're not told to focus on the fruit. We're told to focus on Jesus. And if we focus on Jesus, then the fruit is going to come in our lives. Focus on abiding. Focus on being close to Jesus. Focus on looking at Jesus, focusing on Jesus, becoming like Jesus. Ask yourself questions this week, like, would Jesus have said that? Or would Jesus have reacted that way? Or would Jesus have treated that person the way I just treated that person? Or would Jesus have spent the day the way I spent the day today? Ask yourselves questions like that. And then just abide in him. Um, focus on him, think about him, and become like him. This is another key ingredient to spiritual transformation. The heart is crucial. The Holy Spirit is the divine agent for spiritual transformation, and Jesus is our focus. Thank you.